Matt Sullivan here to remind you to stop putting screens on your gutters. Better to schedule a free estimate with the local experts at Gutter Helmet so you stay off the ladder. Visit GutterHelmetIndy.com. With Gutter Helmet, you'll never clean your gutters again. GutterHelmetIndy.com. Hammer and Nigel. Do you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock it! Hammer the FAA grounded all domestic flights for the first time since 9-11 this morning. Uh, chaos everywhere, airports across the country, four to six thousand delays. And you know, when you hear when you hear that it's like a 9-11 level of grounding of flights, it just makes me lose all faith and trust in the transportation industry and the government, the FAA. And honestly, I told Lindsay this morning, my wife, I said, if we, luckily last year we didn't have any problems, but tens of thousands of people did when they were traveling. It just makes me not want to go to an airport. It makes me not want to risk it. It just makes me want to either do some sort of cool stay vacation, a staycation, or maybe drive somewhere regionally or, or you know, drive down to Destin in, in the middle of the summer, which is like a 10 to 12 hour drive. Now, have you ever had any I've, issues with traveling before? Um, no. We've been very fortunate. We traveled a lot last year, all by flight. And, but the thing is, my kids have never been, <laughs> they've never been in a car longer than three hours. Oh. So that's the only problem. And they're, okay. they're 11 and 8, so they're a little spoiled. That's a big next step for the kiddos, man. If they're just used to a couple-hour car ride, spring in a 10-hour yeah. on them. So, so the question is, what happened? today and i keep seeing the word glitch <laughs> it makes it even worse for me does glitch? it make you feel any better what? at all that they're saying that it was not a cyber attack it was just old well, outdated equipment that glitched well, does look, that make you feel any better you know i think it's way too early to be saying what this is and what this wasn't I mean, how do they know? I mean, if it was a cyber attack, do you think they'd really tell us? Um, I mean, other than the fact that the government computers went down, there's no explanation really for it yet. I mean, there is, but there isn't. They're saying, well, there's some old antiquated equipment, and we still probably could have had planes in the air, but it only. But my, I, mean, I have so many questions about this thing. The FAA. It was just a couple of weeks ago that the Transportation Secretary Pete Buttigieg was was chastising the Southwest for having old equipment and, and and software that caused all those delays now it's his own now it's in his own backyard the FAA and the thing is man I get that giving Pete Buttigieg the title of transportation secretary was basically just a thank you for dropping out of the race that's how a lot of these cabinet members get picked right Pete Buttigieg has no qualifications that would make him worthy of being the transportation secretary, but that's how these things work. But at the end of the day, if you're going to be in charge of this, if you're going to accept the role of transportation secretary, wouldn't it make sense that day one, as soon as you get sworn in, you talk to the leaders of the airlines, you talk to the leaders of the railroad industry, the union leaders, supply chains, you talk to these people and say, hey, I'm not trying to look bad here. What's going on? Is there anything on the radar that's a problem that we need to address right now? Because I find it really hard to believe that this old, outdated, beat-up software, whether it's Southwest Airlines or whatever happened today, just sprung up overnight. There's a segment he did with James Corden. I'm talking about Buttigieg earlier in the summer after some of those delays took place. And he was, and he, we don't have to play it again. I have to play it again. But basically, in essence, said that, oh, yeah, you know what? The 
the airlines will be fine by the holidays. That was earlier this summer. We know what a disaster the Southwest, uh, especially if you're a Southwest customer, was. And part of that was weather, too, but Southwest didn't recover, and it was because of their equipment. And now you have this, the FAA, and the quote-unquote glitch. What's it? Somebody trip over a a plug like the guy somebody, in airplane yeah. just unplugs it and smiles and laughs and then how do they how do they get it back to normal they just hit the reset button they plug it back in and they click a switch and it just turns back on control alt delete <laughs> switch user and then you'll be able to fly in this country I mean, it's only been two years that Pete Buttigieg has had this title. And think about all of the chaotic things that have happened. You've had the Southwest Airlines holiday fiasco. You had today, you have a railroad strike where the labor unions are complaining. You've got transportation issues, supply chain issues, all in two years. Now, if this happens in any other job, if you're a job, if you're a supervisor at a construction site, okay, and it's accident after accident under your watch, you get fired. If you're the head coach of a football team and your team loses game after game, you get fired. But Pete Buttigieg, he keeps getting rave reviews from the national media because, well, he's gay and he served in the military and he was a small town mayor and he's friends with Seth Meyers. He sucks. <laughs> Everything about his time as the transportation secretary awful. has sucked. And I'm not the only one that's noticed it. Here's Representative Andy Biggs of Arizona. Not surprised. It's unpleasant that I have to say that, but I'm not surprised that he doesn't know anything because that's consistent with how he's handled any kind of question or issue that we've had in our transportation sector since he became secretary. But what's chilling about this today is is the fact that this is happening. It's been going on. We've known about it apparently overnight, and he has no idea what happened or how they're going to fix it and how long it's going to last. That that is a, an enormous impact on our economy and travelers today why did it take so long so if it it was going on overnight it took a long time for them to restore return to normal operation why did it take so long for people to be notified of the failure in the first place and what i mean the biggest question is what what is the faa what has transportation done to to modernize to strengthen its infrastructure, its own systems, especially after giving a big finger wag by Buddha Judge to Southwest Airlines a few weeks ago. And why are we just now hearing about this? Again, day one, Pete Buttigieg or whoever was going to be the transportation secretary should have contacted the airlines and said, hey, anything I need to know about? Well, yes, sir. Our computer system is uh, the same one that you play the Oregon Trail on. It might be a problem. (laughs) You think that'd be worthy of bringing that to our attention at some point? Oh, man. I love the Oregon Trail, by the way. I did, too. I love playing that when I was I had no idea what I was doing. I, have, I still don't know what dysentery Uh-oh. is. You died of dysentery. <laughs> Damn it! Uh, late last night, we had a little drama going on in Lawrence. Yeah. Lawrence police officer was shot in the leg. The gunman was killed by police officers Good. and a neighbor woman accidentally hit with some stray gunfire. This was a wild situation. It was around, I think, 8.30 last night over by 46th and Post. 
and they were serving a warrant. The police were out there serving a warrant, but the subjects they were serving it to had reputations of being hostile, so to speak, shooting guns into random buildings, trying to shoot people. They knew that this had the opportunity to go off the rails. So they called in like a special unit to kind of help them deliver this warrant. Good thing they did, man. And one guy comes out the back door. He's got a long rifle. He fires a shot, hits the cop in the leg. And then the other officers return fire. They kill that guy. But while all this is going on, and there's a lot of stray bullets, a neighbor was hit. It was a mess last night. Um, The chief of police in Lawrence, his name is Gary Woodruff. He spoke to the police. I'm sorry. He spoke to the media about what was happening. You know, as we as as officers confront crime, sometimes, you know, bad things can happen. And and. uh, it's always a tragedy when it does, and and uh, but you know we we don't blame the neighbors uh, for uh, being upset about that. We're upset about that as well. It was, again, a very fluid, rapidly evolving, very dynamic uh, situation. I'm glad the only person that lost his life was the bad guy that's trying to kill the police officers and kudos to the i mean police officers uh, have lost their lives doing exactly what they were doing last night and serving these types of warrants right right injuries non-life-threatening and the other officers on the scene they created like a tourniquet to kind of put it on the wound and i know you said it's non-life-threatening but i know it's still a serious thing and i'm sure this police officer's shaken up and i'm sure he's going to do everything in his power to get back out on the streets as soon as possible but there you gotta remember these human beings. He's got to be saying to himself, my God, I almost lost my life last night. Three-year veteran of the police force. Man, glad everybody is okay that needs to be okay. I'm glad the bad guy's dead, I'll be honest. Matt Bear, what's going on? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. (laughs) What were you saying before break? Something about the WWE being sold to the Saudis? So late last night, there were a lot of blue checkmark journalists saying that a deal had been reached where Vince McMahon, who has basically hostile takeover back his own company, was going to sell WWE to this group in Saudi Arabia, the Public Investment Fund. Now, the Saudis, they've been buying a lot of sporting events lately. They've got their own golf league. Now, you're more of a golf guy than I am, but they want to compete with the PGA Tour in golf, right? Well, yeah. I mean, they got Phil Mickelson and DeChambeau and, and just a whole list of players that have left the, uh, the PGA to go to their tournament. Sure. Yeah. And they, I believe, purchased like a Formula One race and WWE had an event in Saudi Arabia last year. So the news was out last night that we don't know the dollar amount, but Vince McMahon sold off, sold out to the Saudis. Well, now TMZ is reporting that no deal is in place at this time, despite widespread rumors. So listen, say what you want about TMZ. A lot of people are like, oh, TMZ, that's tabloid trash. They're right a lot. They're usually first, and they're usually right. Is it 100%? Probably not. But I'd put TMZ's accuracy against pretty much anybody's out there. Why didn't we get uh, our old producer, Megamondo, back on the horn here for this? We'll have to get his input on this at some point. 
uh, by the way, somebody just t- tweeted at us. <laughs> if the WWE is sold to the Saudis, does that mean we're getting the Iron Sheik back? <laughs> he might be the new CEO. Well, I don't know. Because <laughs> they're looking the, for one because uh, Vince McMahon's daughter, Stephanie, who was running the company while Vince was basically kicked off the board, she resigned yesterday. Well, Iran, Saudi relations are on shaky ground. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if the Iron Sheik is, would be their top pick to run the, the WWE. And what would they do with the like uh, the women wrestlers? Because they wear some scantily clad outfits. Uh, one of the WWE superstars is of Serbian descent. Is He's not even allowed to be in the country based on what the Saudis believe in. They are anti- women they are anti-gay they've got horrific human rights violations nobody on social media was happy when this news broke last night but tmz is saying everybody pump the brakes a little bit just relax so here's what i have done nige just in case the sale goes through yes i decided to make a few changes so this was what hulk hogan's theme song used to be this right the hawkster coming out ripping off off his shirt putting his hand up to his ear (laughs) so with the news that the saudis might be owning wwe i decided to make an adjustment to that song i am a real arabian (laughs) fight for the rights of only men I am a real Arabian. See Hulk Hogan going out there God. wearing different colors. <laughs> you know, the thing about Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan was he always had a really good tan. And it was really with the background juxtaposed with his blonde beard and his hair. I mean, that guy had a tan like I've never seen. And it was a and legit it was, tan. It wasn't like orange yeah, like Donald with Trump. His, with his beard and with his, with his goatee. It wasn't orange. Yeah. I mean, that guy put some work. You know who else has a really good tan? Dave Calabro. Like Hulk Hogan (laughs) and Dave Calabro, very seldom are they going to be put in the same conversation, but they may be on the Mount Rushmore of tans. Uh, I I was not expecting Dave Calabro to come out of your mouth when you said that. Um, Not expecting that. Orkin, the pest control company, Orkin has put out a list of the U.S. cities that are infested with the most bed bugs... Oh, and Indianapolis is in the top 10. Don't do it. Indianapolis checking in at number seven oh. on the list of most bed bugs around the nation. They're so gross, man. You ever been bitten by one of those things? I don't believe I have. Chicago, yeah. New York, and Philly were one, two, and three. Uh, this is the third year in a row that Chicago came in at number one. Now, if there's any silver lining here, Indy was number six last year. We're back to number seven. Oh, yeah. That makes me feel a lot better. <laughs> <laughs> My wife is so is so kind of paranoid and scared of that crap, and I really don't blame her. She brings her own uh, what they call a sleep sack when we go on trips and stay in hotels. 
it's basically like a, a kind of like a sleeping bag but it's more of more along the lines of a sack and uh and i don't blame her if they had one that would fit me i'd bring one too so what you're telling me is that mrs nige loves a big sack exactly. that's what you're telling me and that's why she's married that's why she married me damn right it's the <laughs> hammer and nigel show <laughs> Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It is the Hammer Nigel Show. As we do every Wednesday, we'll bring on special guest Tony Kennett on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Tony writes for the Daily Signal, was uh, an administrator, a STEM administrator for IPS. We'll start with something that's really in your wheelhouse. And um, we, we briefly mentioned it last week, and there's kind of an update. There are two, a, a total of three Fairfax County High Schools in Virginia that admitted they didn't inform their students of their national merit awards. So, I mean, so these Thomas Jefferson High School of Virginia is one of the top high schools in the country. They failed the to top high school in the country. Is it the number one? Okay, so they failed yep. to notify students that received the national merit awards based on their SAT scores and it's all having to do with equity and inclusion and they didn't want to hurt the other students' feelings. Let's let's drill, let's dig into the weeds in this specific situation and there are two other counties there that did that and then maybe we'll go big picture and and see exactly what's happening here across the country so first of all this is not the first problem we have had with thomas jefferson stem high school over in virginia they were under investigation by the state of uh, virginia before uh, because uh, or at least they were reviewed by a judge before uh, because there was a situation in which they had limited the number of Asian-American students that could apply and attend the school. So they've instituted these racial quotas. I guess that they figure that Asian students have it too good in the United States. At least that's kind of the equity theory is that some races have it too good. So you got to hold them back, which is, of course... Racist. A really horrid thing to think. Uh, you know, segregation, kind of bad. Uh, and this school has doubled down on equity by saying, well, we don't want kids who maybe didn't study or maybe didn't do as well. You know, it's the number one high school in the country. Most of their students are intelligent. Those yeah. who get in are, are very smart. Uh, we don't want to make kids that didn't get on the honor roll feel bad. So what we're going to do is we're going to withhold information from students that made the National Merit Awards. Uh, we're just going to withhold that information well past when they could submit that to colleges. You know, that changes admission for a lot of universities. Yeah. And that way it's just equitable. And that's a really horrible thing. At first, the school said it was a clerical error. Uh, we actually no. have screenshots of the official statement. Now it's coming out that, no, this was actually planned from the beginning. And it's, it's been going so on for years. Oh, yeah, it's been going on for their, their ideas that there might have been 1,200 students that were affected by this policy. Wow. Now, Tony, how many people go into a decision like that at a school? Because I got a feeling it wasn't just one rogue, woke employee. Multiple people had to have been in the know to say, you know what? I know this student over here has worked really hard, but we don't want to hurt the feelings of the kid next to him that's asleep on his desk that's got weed hanging out of his pocket. How many people were involved in this type of decision? 
Well, we're not sure yet, but I can tell you what my experience is. Uh, if a similar school district, at least in size, with the Indianapolis public school system, which I was in. So what happens is someone comes, some administrator, some, you know, usually on the counseling side of things, comes up with this great idea for equity. Oh, it's so one We're going to limit the number of students that can receive awards and when we tell them. And so then they'll send that through the racial equity department. So all of these people that make a lot of money to actually have flunked most of their English and math classes in college, they'll get together and they'll decide how wonderful it is to come up with these policies. They'll bring that before the director of racial equity in, in Indianapolis case, Jiggle and Jowls Patricia Payne, the, the wonder race mater. <laughs> oh, and then they'll bring yeah. that forward to the whole staff of, of the, like the upper echelon director staff. And it, it won't be for a vote. They'll be say, well, we're just going to do this now because it's equitable. And then the superintendent will bring it into, you know, actually bring it forward and, and pass the motion, often without the, super, the school board even knowing about it. That's probably what happened here in Virginia. A lot of administrations and schools think they can just do whatever they want because they know better than you. What does it mean for a student to receive a national merit award based on their SAT scores? And what could it mean for their chances into getting into the college of their choice or a better college that's out there? And and what would it do to hamper their chances if that information was withheld from them? The National Merit Award is giving to, given to students who show excellent academic prowess, and it is done over a period of time, at least in monitoring, when certain uh, qualifications are met. So you get a certain score on the SAT. That also shows that you have a lot of acumen, that you've been paying attention, that you've been studying, that you've been putting a lot of work into your classes. A lot of people don't just walk into the SAT, walk out and ace it, as many of us know. And that award is supposed to be given to you to then send to colleges, to send to employers that show, hey, I'm not only intelligent, but I'm also hardworking. I can take difficult subjects. I can break them down. I can remember a lot of impressive things. That shows that I am ready to basically make you proud in the adult world. And that, that's what colleges want to hear, right? College Colleges want really good uh, alumni. That's That's what they're after. And so... The idea of students submitting those by a certain amount of time is that colleges have admission deadlines. So if you send a college uh, this you know, certificate that you have won this National Merit Award, then colleges are more likely to look at you, especially Ivy League schools take this stuff very, very seriously. They're willing to look at this, and uh, from that point, uh, usually – uh, it will speed up your admissions process. Uh, we don't know exactly uh, which Ivy League schools hold it in the highest regard. They don't exactly publish that information, but it's a very good thing to get the National Merit Award. Does this affect scholarship money? Because this is something I'm you know, dealing with as a parent right now of a high school senior that's going to college next yeah. year. We've got one scholarship lined up, but you know, we're always trying to apply to get more money coming in. I'm not Mr. Moneybags here, so every little bit helps. I'm sure a lot of these parents probably felt the same way that I did. It's critical for scholarship applications. So many scholarships that are not done by nonprofit organizations that may be done by an individual or family foundation, these foundations look for the best, the shining candidate. And there are several spaces where you can list academic awards that you have achieved that show the, the family or donor or the foundation board that you are the candidate that has worked the hardest, that is the most deserving of the scholarship that you exemplify all of the adjectives that this scholarship organization 
organization puts on their website. And so that's like very, very important. So to put a very, I, I was uh, appointed to the U.S. Military Academy at West Point. That was something I could put on scholarship forms. Hey, I got an appointment to West Point. That made it more easy for me to get scholarships because that's not something everybody gets. The National Merit Award functions very similarly. That goes on your your resume, your application uh, to the scholarship, it definitely increases your chances. And so, so basically, at its essence, when you talk about um, equity and inclusion, um, somebody that wins an ad- academic reward and we're not told about it in order to keep the other kids who didn't win it from feeling bad, that's, that captures kind of, that encapsulates this whole problem with uh, diversity, equity, inclusion in schools. Yeah, it's kind of like a well. If if this kid's not getting into college, nobody's getting it's into college. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. I mean, but at the same time, it's very believable because yeah. these loons have ruined education entirely. And listen, I don't know the races of these kids that received the awards. I've seen a couple of their parents doing interviews, but I just have a gut feeling here, Tony, that if all of these kids that had won this merit award were minorities they would have been awarded that right away but see but see that's the thing asian americans have won this award and were it, it kept them f- from them it was kept from them are they, are they not in the minority category well they're not one of the oppressed minority categories unbelievable they're, they're not considered a the same way that, that cuban americans or jewish americans or many other groups of, of ethnic uh histories that have been successful in American society, they're not oppressed enough so that they don't get to qualify. And this is the same way with racial quotas in hiring circumstances. Yes. We, really, we need a diverse staff. Um, or in the case of uh, this Thomas Jefferson High School wanting certain racial quotas, you and I both know that if it was a majority number of black students at that school and more black students applied to get into that school, they would get in without any look at the percentages of races. But if anyone else wants to get in, we have to check the chart of racial harmony. It's ridiculous. No student should ever be forbidden from any opportunity, period, because of their skin color, no matter the color. This is elementary-level social studies. Tony, there's a story that you tweeted about from the Indie Star that I want to get to here in just a moment. It's from Erica Heron, and I want to get to that. But one last thing on Virginia. What the hell is wrong with that state when it comes to education? Whether it's this story, whether it's Loudoun and the drama that they went through there. like It's not like it's Portland, Oregon or New York City. What is going on in Virginia? Why always Virginia? Well, it's it's the, the sludge of apathy. Virginia is a host of a ton of suburban districts of upper, upper middle class, lower upper class Americans who have pretty much coasted through everything for a very long time, especially in education. They never really looked over the shoulders of a lot of these schools to see what they were doing. And so what you see through a lot of these education stories is this apathy bringing forward the reaping of what was sowed. So if you don't pay attention to what's going on in your kid's life, don't be shocked when you find things that wasn't shoved in front of your face. That is a serious issue that we've seen in Virginia here, which is why Glenn Youngkin and his administration have launched so many investigations, because it is finally time for American parents to start looking over the shoulders of some of this nonsense. So, Tony, you have a pinned tweet 
on your Twitter account, at the Tonus. You've got a little issue with writer Erica Heron from the Indie Star. Take me through what this is about. Okay, so last year there was a bill passed in Florida, House Bill 1557. It is called the Florida Parental Rights and Education Act. Now, look, you you guys know that a lot of bills are named very special things. Uh, The bills are given the name by the author. They're supposed to convey something. And a lot of journalists don't feel comfortable using the very flowery script that is assigned to certain bills. And it's not uncommon for a lot of bills to receive nicknames. For example, the budget bill that was put through uh, just a couple of uh, weeks ago was called the Big Omnibus Spending Bill, even though that isn't the title of the bill itself. So in Florida, in this bill, there were a few points. One of the points in the bill stated that the school systems in Florida, from kindergarten to third grade, are not allowed to explicitly teach sexual content gender identity or sexual orientation in kindergarten through third grade. You are not allowed to basically teach a class or teach a subject like, all right, kids, we're going to sit down and learn about gender or sexual orientation, et cetera. And a lot of LGBTQ advocates and a lot of Democrats got together and said, oh, this is the don't say gay bill. It means you can't say gay in the classroom. And so that narrative was thrown around the Internet for quite a while. There were billboards put up just with the word gay. What a waste of money because it's not at all illegal in any Florida school to say the word gay. So a lot of time has gone by since that bill was passed. And in that year, we have seen a lot of other states start to adopt this kind of legislation. It turns out it is popular with parents to not teach their children sexual-based curriculum in the kindergarten through the third grade. And Indiana is one of those states that's considering such a bill. So uh, Heron over at the Indy Star, she decided to cover this upcoming Indiana bill, but uh, she forgot to read the the Florida bill, the three-page Florida bill. And, um, and she decided to write an article saying, Indiana lawmakers are getting ready to pass a don't say gay bill there in 2023. Oh, there it is. Oh, we're going to gaslight everybody, get the teachers union all fired up, the ISTA screaming about it. The Indiana Democrats are screaming about it. The Indiana Capitol Chronicles, you know, publishing op-eds without any kind of clarification. And so just because of her laziness and apathy, and also because she's rather progressive and, and doesn't really distinguish advocacy from journalism, she made a choice to misidentify and misinform her readers, misidentify the bill and misinform her readers to scare everyone instead of reporting on the news. So I called her out on it. One more thing before we let you go here, Tony Kennett uh, from Daily Signal. Uh, this, uh, you know, the hypocrisy out of Washington, Joe Biden uh, on the record in September saying, I can't believe how irresponsible Donald Trump is for <laughs> leaving classified documents in Melania Trump's panty drawer. Uh, you know, there was a, a raid at Mar-a-Lago because of these classified documents. Well, oh, yeah. d- I'll be damned if Joe Biden isn't being accused now of doing the same thing. Big picture, does this uh, surprise? you at all? Are you concerned? What are your thoughts? Surprise me, no. Does it concern me? Yes. Uh, Last fall, so not yesterday, last fall, the Biden administration discovered, discovered documents that President Biden had been hiding away in one of his desks since he was vice president, private documents about the United Kingdom, about Ukraine, about Iran, and documents that he did not have the right to own. He did not have the privilege to declassify those as a vice president. And he just had those with him. 
And according to the media narrative that I was told by everyone and their brother on the oh, left yeah. side of the aisle, uh, apparently this means that it was high treason. And, and how could you do something so horrible? National and, oh, security concern. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Nu- <laughs> nuclear codes are of some sort, even though that was never actually a thing. And so, yes, now, you know, the media, of course, you and I, you guys and I know that the media knew about this last fall. Of course they did. They, they've been aware of this. Federal judges have been kind of looking over this whole situation for several months, at least. You and I both know that someone out there in the media knew about it and they didn't report on it because there was an election going on. And we can't have Biden be guilty of the same stuff Trump was right before the election. Oh, the horror. (laughs) What are you working on at the Daily Signal, Tony? Uh, More reports on why red states are not safe in education. A lot of people think because they have a Republican majority in their state legislature, that means that we don't have to care about what's going on in public schools. They'll be fine. And not only is that not true, but red states are often worse in public education than blue states. And that could ring true for us here in Indiana. Just because there's an R next to your governor's name doesn't necessarily mean that he is the same as Ron DeSantis. Well, no, Governor Holcomb knows absolutely nothing about education at all. He, seriously, I, I've listened to him talk about education three times now, and every time I, it's like watching a freshman try to describe senior-level basketball. It's embarrassing. <laughs> Tony Kennett on Twitter, at the Tonus. Tony, thank you. Thanks, Tony. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to The Hammer and Nigel Show. Tommy Laren is no stranger to controversy. I have a question for the self-righteous Hollywood liberal. Fox News contributor Tommy Laren. Tommy Laren. Tommy Laren. Joining us right now, Tommy Laren. Tommy Laren. Please welcome Tommy Laren. It's this country, the country that you have so much disdain for that allows you the right to speak your mind. It protects your right to be a whiny, indulgent, attention-seeking crybaby. On the DriveEagler.com hotline. Fox News contributor and host of Tommy Laren is fearless on OutKick. Tommy Laren, Happy New Year. How are you? Oh, you know, I'm doing well, fellas. It's always great to talk to you. And hey, listen, now we finally know that Joe Biden wanted to shut me up. And I am so happy. Honestly, I'm so happy. I couldn't think of a better gift for the new year than to find that out truly and sincerely. Did you find out along with everybody else? Because, I mean, for, first of all, for a long time, we always knew that social media outlets, especially Twitter, Facebook, were suppressing certain ideas. But it was because we thought the upper echelons of the ultra progressive um, liberal executives that were running uh, those social media outlets. When were you first aware that, oh, wait a minute, this is more than just Twitter. It's it's them working in concert with um, with Joe Biden and his administration. Well, I saw it actually on Twitter along with everybody else. And, okay. and I read that email because we got this email. It was obtained because of the coalition of state's attorney generals who are suing the Biden administration for that very thing. So this email came out, the White House digital director. They wanted to shut me up. They wanted to shut Tucker Carlson up. But it's not even wanted to shut us up. They wanted to reduce us, which is my new favorite term now. You know, I just want to be reduced. That That's it, guys. Not censored, <laughs> not silenced, not banned. Just 
just reduce me. That's that's a, a perfect way to put it. But, yeah, I found out along with everybody else, I knew this was happening. It's still happening on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube and Google, probably even to some extent at Twitter. But it's just nice to get the validation yeah. of seeing your name on there like, yes, I knew this was happening. Thank you for finally admitting it. Well, what, is, what does reduce mean? What, what does that mean exactly? <laughs> Well, here's the thing. The thing that they were so upset with is that I put a post out on Twitter and also on Facebook and Instagram saying that I personally will not get vaccinated. I said, if you guys want to get vaccinated, this was April 2021, by by the way. It was before everybody was kind of in that anti-vax category. There were still a lot of Republicans, a lot of conservatives cheerleading the vaccine at that point. But I said, hey, listen, I'm not going to get this jab. I don't want it. I don't need it. Get it if you want it. And that is what they wanted reduced. Now, when they say reduce, what they mean is this. We can't ban her for this. We can't even take the post down because it doesn't violate anything. So what we're going to do is just backdoor reduce her so that fewer people see her posts and her followers are not able to see her content. That is what reduce means. And to me, it's even worse than being banned or censored or suspended and again for those who might not have heard the story or been up to it you have the white house's rob flaherty he's the deputy assistant uh to the president of digital strategy reaching out to big tech industries like twitter like facebook asking and demanding that tommy laren tucker carlson other conservative voices have their opinions taken away so tommy now that it's out there and there's an email trail and the folks at facebook seemed like they were more than happy to play ball and go along with it where do you go from here what's next yeah, Facebook, they acted like little puppy dogs. They, they were really apologetic, and they quickly responded, yes, running this down right now. I mean, they definitely wanted to appease the Biden White House. That's for sure. We knew that that was going to happen. I guess the question is, what is the level of intestinal fortitude that our House Republicans have? Because if they have as much as they claim to have had, what they'll do is they'll have oversight hearings, and they'll call all of these executives to the table, including this Rob Flaherty person, as well as everybody from Facebook, from Instagram, from YouTube, Google and even Twitter, they call them all out. We'd have oversight hearings broadcast in prime time so that the networks would have to cover it. And that's what would happen. And that's the only way we're going to get accountability. Otherwise, it's just going to be a passing headline. Nothing's going to change. It's going to continue. So House Republicans, time to get to work. So take me through a day in your life when you find out that the White House wants you to shut up, Tommy, because normally when you come on our program, we'll tweet that you're coming on and you have so many trolls, you know, we have trolls, but they just comment left and right. This kind of stuff is normal for you. But we're talking about the White House now. The president of the United States and his administration wanted you and Tucker Carlson to not have a voice. Take me through what's what that's like when you find that out well for me i'm just hoping that joe himself asked this to be done because that would mean that joe biden is actually aware of something that's going on in his white house <laughs> which to me would be a win like if he actually knew what was happening i would have more confidence in him but it's all of these probably 20 something year old woke activists that are running that white house that are doing it all and joe biden sits there and sucks on a lollipop or licks an ice cream cone and doesn't really know what's going on so i'm just hoping that he was part of it that you know he would have maybe acknowledge it but as we know he's got classified documents in his damn closet so who really knows what he knows when he knew it probably not let's be honest isn't that interesting by the way we're speaking with tommy laren fox news contributor and host of uh, tommy laren is fearless on outkick it's so interesting that september of last year 
Biden's on his soapbox calling Trump very irresponsible. I can't believe he'd be so irresponsible as to have classified documents laying around in Melania Trump's underwear drawer. And now, turn around a few months later, Tommy. Well, what do you know? He's being accused of doing the exact damn thing. The same thing. That's the way it always works, I feel like. It, it, yeah, but here's what frustrates me, because Joe Biden always gets to use the dementia card, and we allow him to use it because, ding, ding, he has dementia. But he'll just say, like he did, I, I was so surprised. I-, I can't believe that happened. And we all go, yeah, you know, that makes sense. We know that you really don't know what's going on. And so he'll get a pass. Absolutely nothing will happen. But here's the kicker on this. Donald Trump, as a president of the United States, has the ability to classify whatever he wants. Vice President Biden did not have that same privilege. So what he did is likely much worse. Will anything happen to him? Absolutely not. I mean, they are still investigating Hunter Biden. Who knows when we're going to get any answers on that and the the numerous investigations that need to happen. But Joe forgot he gets to use that card. And everyone, you know, kind of goes, yeah, well, that makes sense. And we move on. So, Tommy, you brought up the uh, new Republican House earlier. How much faith do you have that they'll actually do what the American people would like to see. A few investigations over here, maybe trying to be blockers for some of these ridiculous bills that Joe Biden's administration would like. Do you have faith in Kevin McCarthy as the speaker and the Republican House? I have faith only because Kevin McCarthy has to walk now on eggshells <laughs> because yeah. they had to give up that motion to vacate. He had to give yeah. that concession so a single member could bring him up for a vote to remove him as speaker. So he's going to have to do most of what he says he's going to do. Otherwise, he's going to be called out on it. And I got to be honest with you guys. Last week, I was really frustrated. I was frustrated that we look like a circus, a clown show. It was kind of embarrassing to see all this happen. But As frustrated as I was, it seems like we got to a good place. You know, we still have Kevin McCarthy as a speaker, love him or hate him, but he had to give up a whole lot to get there. And that's really healthy. And it's something that Republicans do that Democrats would never do. And so I'm happy to see it. And I'm actually more confident now than I have been in a very long time. And it frustrates me, Tommy, that the Senate actually gained seats for the Democrats over this last midterm. And it just goes to show that you have to have good candidates. Uh, Pennsylvania elected a stroke victim as their senator, a guy that opened up a debate and said, hello, good night, everybody, because the Republicans put up a stiff up there. It's almost hard to lose seats with what's happened in this country over the last two years. But in the Republicans... I, it was pretty damn easy to do in the Senate. Yeah, I think we learned some hard lessons, and I think moving into 2024, we cannot make the same mistakes again. It has a little bit to do with our candidates. You know, I'll agree we didn't put up some of the best that we could have. But more than that, it's about our strategy. It's about our ground game. You know, I don't like early voting either. I don't like mass mail-in voting. I wish we could get rid of all of it, but unfortunately, that is probably here to stay. So we're going to have to play the game because the the amount of times that we sit there and we cross our arms and say, oh, we only want to vote on Election Day and we don't want to do mail-in voting, well, guess what? That's the system now. They work the system. We don't even play in the system. So we're going to have to start doing what they do or else we're always going to lose. No matter how great our candidates are, we got to play the game. Tommy, last thing before we let you go here. Again, Tommy Laren joining us. Joe Biden's visit to the border. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. This is how it played out. He walked through a parking lot. He took a picture by the wall and he took his old ass home. Did I miss anything there, Tommy? (laughs) 
Yeah, you know, I think he was quite honestly looking for an ice cream parlor. Uh, <laughs> though. And that is what I think he was looking for, and he was really disappointed that he didn't find it. But I think that what angers me the most, I, we knew that this was going to be all a dog and pony show. What angers me the most is that they took all that time and energy to clean up those migrant encampments in El Paso, yep. all for the optics of it, and it was wasted. He was there for a few hours. So now these people are going to have to pitch their tents again, and that's just a lot of wasted energy, really. So, so who had the better photo op, Biden again, uh, walking along J- Donald Trump's wall or AOC a few years ago bending over and pretending she was crying <laughs> uh, next to a uh, fence with nothing on the other side? Well, definitely AOC. Yeah. And now we know yeah. with the new revelation today that gas stoves are to blame for brain damage. Yeah. So if anybody knows a little thing about that, it is AOC. So if you guys have a gas stove, you don't want to be AOC. So I suggest getting the heck away from it. Be sure to catch uh, Tommy Larin's Fearless podcast on Outkick.com Monday, Wednesday, and Thursday, 7 o'clock Eastern. You'll get Tommy's take on the latest trending topics, interviews, special guests, Tommy, as always, we appreciate you taking the time to join us here in Indy. Oh, it's great to talk to you guys, and I'll talk to you soon. Emma and Nigel presents. Is. It depends upon what the meaning of the word is. Yeah. Is this anything? Hammer, how do we play? Is this anything? I'll run some stories by you. You break down all the info and tell us if the story is anything or not. Alrighty then. So apparently the Golden Globes were last night. <laughs> I had no idea. Uh, Eddie Murphy received an award after thanking many people for his long, successful career. He offered this advice to up-and-comers. I want to let you know that there is a definitive blueprint that you can follow to achieve success prosperity, longevity, and peace of mind. And I followed it my whole career. Just do these three things. Pay your taxes. (laughs) Mind your business. And keep Will Smith's wife's name. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't see that one coming. Yeah, that's hilarious. That's something for sure. Maybe just kind of shows you what like what Hollywood thinks of Will Smith and that whole incident and how big of a jag off he looked like. I mean, well, they gave honestly, him an award after that, so clearly it well, couldn't be that yeah, bad. Yeah, but that was Eddie Murphy. But but that's Hollywood, right? You you rewarded for bad behavior, and uh, here I, I didn't even know they were going on either. And somebody played me this clip that I have here. Do you know who Gerard Carmichael is? Is it Jared or Gerard Carmichael? I have no idea. He's a comedian. He was hosting the Golden Globes last night. And uh, here's, here's I guess, a joke that he thought was pretty funny. We are pressed for time, but they wanted me to shout out the venue that we're in. So we are here live from the hotel that killed Whitney Houston, the Beverly Hilton, uh, you guys. So uh, that's very exciting. Was that... Was that funny? Was that the kind of humor we got (laughs) on the Golden Globes? I'm asking because one, I didn't watch a single minute of it because I didn't know it was on last night. Let me let me go let me go through some of the award winners. Uh, Best drama: The Fablemans. Never heard of it. Okay, that's 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 Steven Spielberg movie. I I grew up next door to the Fablemans. Good people. (laughs) Kenny, Willie. Best actor in a drama: Austin Butler. Austin Powers. 
<laughs> you, you. I think you've seen this movie though that he was in. He's Elvis, right? Yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 He was. He got best actor. There Kate. wasn't enough of him in the movie. It was too much of Fat Tom Hanks. <laughs> Fat Tom Hanks. Uh, Kate Blanchett won a uh, best actress uh, in a drama. Um, I haven't even heard of any of these other things. Best animated feature film. Guillermo uh, del Toro's Pinocchio. That, have you seen that on Netflix? It's creepy. My, me and my kids were watching it. Very dark version of Pinocchio. No. Pinocchio's dad was a damn drunk. <laughs> uh, I didn't then, know uh, he was a Pelosi. Uh, then, <laughs> uh, yeah, Pelosi Pinocchio. <laughs> Pinocchio Pelosi. And then uh, Steven Spielberg got best director for The Fablemans. Man, how would you like to be in the category of best director and you're going up against Steven Spielberg? I do. Like, there's I'm no screwed. shot in hell you're going to win that, right? <laughs> you're totally screwed. By the way, and it's back to Eddie Murphy and that, that joke that he made uh, about uh, Will Smith. Um, have you seen that Chris Rock is going to be doing a Netflix special in March, live streamed across the world? Uh, first ever, first ever special that's actually going to be live streamed. Right, not some Netflix. pre-recorded thing, right, not right, right, something right. taped live. Yeah, I can't wait for that. <laughs> you knew he was going to save all the 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 getting punched by Will Smith stuff for his stand-up act. He's hardly given any interviews or anything like that. You save something like that to get paid. Right. And think about who he wait. hangs out with, like the brain trust that's probably helping him come up with material. He hangs out with Chappelle, oh, all Sandler, those yeah, all yeah, yeah. those guys. So that's going to be interesting, man. I'm looking forward to that, too. Is this anything? Guinness World Records announced recently that Elon Musk has secured the world record for largest loss of personal fortune in the history of the world. Oh, man. It's been estimated oh. that Musk lost around $182 billion ah. since November of 2021. Is this anything? Yeah, I mean, that's something. I mean, especially we need the Guinness Book of World Records, who normally keeps records like how many how many suction cups can you stick to your face? <laughs> like, who's who's the, the guy that can snap his fingers the fastest in, in 30 seconds or less? Do they still have the two fat guys on bikes on the back <laughs> yeah, cover? I think Is that the still the back cover? <laughs> uh, here's a quick tribute, though, from uh, Hammer and Nigel Records on Elon Musk and his, uh, his losing his uh, most of his fortune. Come and listen to my story about a man named Musk. He was doing pretty good, and then it all went bust. You can tell he's a little crazy if you read some of his tweets. Now he's lost more cash than any man in history. Oh, no. I pay if it ain't over 25 million. 25 million. Well, the next thing you know, there's not as many billionaires. They lost a lot of money, but they didn't really care. They said the planet Mars is the only place to be where you won't go broke in 2023. I think Elon Musk will be just fine. This situation absolutely requires a really futile and stupid gesture be done on somebody's part. We're just the guys to do it. Hammer and Nigel on 93 WIBC. Hello. It is the Hammer and Nigel show. Hi. My name is Jason Hammer. That is Big Nige. Hey I don't want to waste any time. I want to get right to the meat and potatoes. I want to check in with wheeling, dealing, hair sniffing, kiss stealing Joe, Joe Biden. Biden. I got hairy legs. Take a test where you're taking cocaine. Come on, man. You ain't black. 
Hammer, uh, just just real quick here, because I just got on Drudge, and there's a big, there's a bunch of red headlines. Most is there of them, clip art on Drudge? There's no, there's no, there's not the siren clip art. <laughs> but you know, you go on Drudge. I stopped going on Drudge for a long time just because all the COVID fear porn that was on there, and the main headlines are all FAA related. Pete Buttigieg, how FAA had to ground thousands of flights. Up in the corner, though, in the left-hand corner, up top is another red headline that just appeared. Biden aides find a second batch of classified documents at new location. Ooh, so round two. What do you know, huh? Do we know the new location? We do not have uh, the whereabouts of the... Uh, it's, uh, it's It just says an office used by Biden. Because I want to make a bet. I got 50 bucks on Hunter's laptop, and I bet he's got... <laughs> A folder on the laptop that says 100% definitely not classified information. (laughs) The location of the new classified documents is on Hunter's laptop. (laughs) Pictures of him nude right next to nuclear secrets. Definitely not classified information. We laugh, but we can totally see Hunter and Joe Biden trying to do that, right? So again, a, a new wrinkle in this whole thing to where we were saying yesterday i don't care about donald trump's and his classified documents or where he decided to put them at least he had the authority to make them uh to declassify them joe biden of course as vice president did not and he hasn't been vice president for six years and all this stuff is coming to light uh, again just after the midterms so this this is kind of a new thing. So we have two separate locations now, Hammer. So he can't just say, hey, it was a mistake. I didn't uh, know they were there. I'm you so- know, a lot of people handle classified information around here. <laughs> I didn't know it was in there. Now this is a second location. Has anybody checked on Joy Behar? Is she okay? Because she was... I was concerned oh. for her health yesterday, Nigel. I thought she was going to injure her back carrying all that water for the Biden administration. You know, she was just as bad. I, we don't have to play the clip again, but she was like, she, she goes, yeah, Donald Trump is a thief and a liar, but we don't think Biden's a thief and a liar, so there's nothing wrong with what he did. He gets the that's, benefit of the doubt. That's just as bad as that quack Sanjay Gupta on CNN looking at a picture of Donald Trump and diagnosing him with, with uh, heart disease. Heart disease. That's, that's kind of the same thing. Oh, Joe Biden, he, he, we trust him, so he didn't do anything wrong. Heart uh, disease, I can tell. Heart disease. I I'm a doctor. Tell, I can at look at, at I, that I, picture, <laughs> and I can tell. That's heart disease. Oh, wow. So where do we want to start with this one? So according to Fox, <laughs> several top White House officials worked for Joe Biden at this think tank where the first round of classified materials were found, yes. including one Secretary of State, Anthony Blinken. There's a number of other current administration officials who previously worked at this Penn Biden Center, but Blinken is the biggest name. So again, it kind of warrants the question, how many people handle classified information? Like whether it's Donald Trump, whether it's Joe Biden, is classified information just like a meme that people share around on emails? Because it kind of feels like that at this point. Um, Earlier today, Joe Biden literally read off of a script when he is asked about the classified uh, documents found in his residency at this personal office. People know I take classified uh, documents and classified information seriously. 
When my lawyers were clearing out my office at the University of Pennsylvania, they set up an office for me, secure office in the Capitol, when I, the four years after being vice president, I was a professor at Penn. Uh, no, you weren't. some documents in a box, you know, locked cabinet. Uh. It was the closet. And as soon as they did, they realized there were several classified documents in that box. And they did what they should have done. They immediately called the archives, immediately called the archives, turned them over to the archives, and I was briefed about this discovery and surprised to learn that there were any government records that were taken there to that office. Okay, you can stop but him, Allison. I'm done. It's like, I, I love Tommy Lahren. We talked to Tommy Lahren earlier. He gets to play the dementia card. Oh, I was surprised. I didn't know. And people are okay what? with that. Yeah. Well, he does have dementia. Like, no, that's not okay. And first of all, can we stop with the lie that he was a <laughs> professor at Penn? Like, he lost me right there. He was never a professor at Penn. For two years, only two years, the University of Pennsylvania paid Joe Biden about $1 million, and he never taught a class. Yeah. Well, uh, let me just slightly correct you there. China was paying <laughs> Joe Biden a million dollars a year because they donated like $55 million into uh, UPenn uh, as soon as they, uh, the Penn-Biden Center opened. So there's just a little side note there on how old, uh, old, old Quid Pro Joe was, was getting paid. He always makes up these ridiculous lies about himself, whether he was a truck driver or, you know, he was a professor, which brings us to another edition of Great Moments in Lying. Show presents Great Moments in Lying. During the 60s, I was, in fact, very concerned about the civil rights movement. I was not an activist. I worked at an all-black swimming pool in the east side of Wilmington, Delaware. But I was not out marching. The civil rights movement. And, uh, and as a kid, I, was, uh, I worked a lot in, in the movement and worked, and I got deeply involved. Great moments <laughs> in lying. So you just said so you were not an activist and you didn't go marching. And then fast forward a few years later, I guess he's playing the dementia card. Yeah, I was an activist. We was out there. We're really involved. Great moments in lying. Where did corn pop? <laughs> where, like, where does he land in this whole scenario? Somebody on uh, the YouTube chat, Carlos, chimes in. Corn Pop never got busted with mishandling <laughs> classified information. You're damn right, Carlos. Um, the Biden administration <laughs> extended the COVID-19 emergency again, Nige. This was <laughs> just a few months ago. Joe Biden declared that the uh, the pandemic was over, remember? The pandemic in, uh, is over. We still have a problem with COVID. We're still doing a lot of work on it. Uh, it's but the pandemic is over. If you notice, no one's wearing masks. Everybody seems to be in pretty good shape. That was in September, but then earlier today, over. Did you say over? <laughs> Nothing is over until we decide it is. <laughs> That's pretty much how it plays out. Nobody listens to Joe Biden. Nobody listens to this old fool. He came out and just said, eh, "Pandemic's over. We still got a little COVID, but." Ah, hell, nobody's wearing masks anymore, and they keep extending the emergency. Yeah, and he's he's using the Heroes Act of 2003. It was for military volunteering and sacrificing their lives after 9-11 to pay for the college student debt. 
That's one of the reasons why he's doing it. He's, he's still trying. He's still trying to get this debt forgiveness through. There's, there's you know, blocks at every turn, thank God. But I mean, that's part of what this is, is he is still he's still trying to use uh, the the Heroes Act, a.k.a. this emergency authority to get that push through. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Here come. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The money! Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, 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 money. All right, Mega Millions is grown again to about uh, $1.35 billion. There was no winner of the lottery's largest jackpot, uh, second biggest of all time. Got the next drawing Friday, Hammer. And are you going to buy a ticket? I think I am because I'm a sucker. That's why. But look, man, it's fun. It's fun to think about what you would do if you had the money. Would you still come to work and do this show if you won the jackpot? Match? Yeah, yeah, I'd still come to work. I'd maybe uh, look at maybe possibly building something in my basement a little more extensive uh, with that option. But I, I don't, you know, winning that much money can ruin your life. I mean, people don't understand that. I mean, there's been TV shows, reality shows about how people, it just destroys families. You know, moms, dads, brothers, sisters, sons, daughters stop talking to each other because they don't get what they think is their fair share. Just as a, 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 an example, I feel like in my 40s, I'd handle it a lot better than I would have if I would have hit a billion dollar lottery in my 20s. Dude, <laughs> right? 20 year old yeah. Nigel hits yeah. the uh, lottery. Liquor stores and strippers are retiring all around central Indianapolis. Allison, who's our producer today, uh-huh. Miss Allison, if you won the money, would you still come to work? Um, I don't think so. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> I think I would travel a little bit, which is stereotypical. But after I get all the student debt and all that boring stuff, yeah, I'd like to travel. Would you? Would you come to work tomorrow though, or whenever? Like, would you? Yeah, you would, I wouldn't, wouldn't just up and quit. Yeah, I would. I would do the proper okay. thing, make sure it was taken care of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I could tell by the look. <laughs> She'd on walk him. in with all gold pants yeah, on. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'd make a statement. As I, I don't leave, know if Allison obviously. won the Powerball, but there are signs. <laughs> She's a little different today. I, I, I do, and I, when I asked that question to Allison, you'd still come in. You wouldn't leave people high and dry i noticed that hammer had quite a different look on his face oh no when he heard me let's see that question no 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 uh, i'm coming to work and i expect you to come to work too like if you work from home that's fine no no, no i'd come to work yeah absolutely i'd come to work i next- would too because if you thought that i was a pain in the ass to work with before get ready you imagine me with a billion dollars man that's like some next level darth vader stuff you're right an there. a-hole with an extra couple of hundred dollars from a win again on georgia <laughs> like i could imagine a couple hundred million dude would georgia put that 50 burger up there yeah. i was walking around the house like vince mcmahon <laughs> at that point <laughs> so with the uh, mega millions growing to 1.35 billion and the next big drawing happening on friday once again it's time for great moments and local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. Hammer and Nigel present great moments in local TV reporters asking people about the lottery history. Sir, can I ask you what your lucky numbers are? 
I'm going to pick 14, 24, 2, 7, and 15. Can I ask you, if you won all the money, what would you do with it? Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Oh, okay, that's not good. <laughs> Great moments in local TV reporters asking one. people about the lottery history. You know what always struck me about that is how judgmental the uh, reporter was on scene. Uh, that's not good. Bunch of hookers and cocaine. Well, that's not very good. Who are you to say it's not good? Maybe it's not good for you. Maybe that's what makes him happy. It's <laughs> right. w- the only thing that he's looking forward to <laughs> in this miserable world is a little hookers and blow. Man, everybody does that same bit too, I right? Know. Every it's, station it's... around the country, everybody does that. And every Halloween, they do that stupid played yeah. out bit of what's your favorite Halloween candy? It's fun to talk about. The Halloween candy thing is old hack, but it's kind of fun to talk about what you do if you want a billion dollars. <laughs> Bunch of hookers and cocaine. cocaine. Hammer and Nigel. Can you believe these characters are weirdos? On 93 WIBC. So let's rock Hey, my name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. Yet another black eye on the transportation department. That means we must discuss the leader. The appointed leader of the transportation department. Uh, the guy that runs the whole thing. Pete Buttigieg. Buddha, 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 Judge, rocking everywhere. 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 Oh, Mayor Pete, Ham. He's at it again. So there was chaos this morning. All flights grounded for the first time since 9-11 this morning. That's unreal. And apparently this was something that had happened late last night. All the overnight hours went by, nothing was done, nothing was fixed, and this morning, over 6,000 flights nationwide were told you can't take off. Now, the situation involved some software where it detects whether or not the runway is open or there are things on the runway. No pilots like were ever in danger, but it was just a couple weeks ago, Southwest had their little situation with the software too. Well, not only that, but Pete Buttigieg was very judgmental. See what I did there? Uh, very judgmental of uh, Southwest and uh, wagging his finger at them, and because of they they have not updated their software in some time, and that was the reason for te- you know uh, tens of thousands of stranded passengers. And, and now all of a sudden, th- this is a Fed issue here with the FAA, and I love how it's being described as a glitch. Right? You you ground. Uh, what did you say? Since 9,000 flights. Since 9, you, you've never grounded any flights, that many flights since 9-11, and you're calling it a glitch. Right. <laughs> is Here that- is the Transportation <laughs> Secretary, Pete Buttigieg, going on NBC earlier today, basically saying what I've been saying for years, glitches be crazy. Uh, this is an incredibly complex system. Uh, so uh, uh, glitches or complications uh, happen all the time, but we can't allow them to uh, ever lead to this level of disruption, and we won't ever allow them to lead to a safety problem. I'm sorry. What, let me just make sure I understood you correctly before you played that clip. Uh, glitches be crazy? Is that glitches be crazy, okay. yes. Write that down there. Think about all the things that have happened under the watch of Pete Buttigieg. You've had today, you have the Southwest issue, the railroad strike and the unions. You've had all types of different 
disruptions in the supply chain. It's been a mess under this dude, and it's only been two years. The fall of 2021, where people were flying and it was a mess, the fall and winter of 2021. So clearly, he has no idea what he's doing, and he has no idea what exactly happened here. Our primary focus is to determine that root cause, and I've directed FAA to figure out exactly how this happened, uh, the timeline piece by piece about uh, what was known overnight uh, going into uh, last night and then coming out of it. And most importantly, uh, as you might imagine, a critical system like this has a lot of redundancy built into it with backups. So we need to understand why with uh, all of that redundancy, it still rose to the level uh, that there had to be a ground stop lasting about an hour and a half and the kind of delays that we saw and he's going to get right to all of that just as soon as he solves the racist highways problem correct interstates are racist and man have you went through the faa and some of the policies that they have in place wow you want to talk about woke stuff these people make greta thunberg look like she's some sort of you know right wing uh person that would be at the capitol it is so over the top progressive so for those of you keeping score at home pete Buttigieg, as transportation secretary has now presided over the supply chain crisis a railroad strike crisis a holiday travel crisis and a day where every plane in america was grounded but thank god the transportation system has the most diverse roads in america Mm. everybody stand up and give them a round of applause Uh, Meanwhile, in uh, Washington, the House Republicans, they are selecting new committee members. Kevin McCarthy finally was coronated as the speaker, and they're picking new committee members. Eric Swalwell was kicked off of the Intelligence Committee. You don't say. He put out this tweet. Now, keep in mind, Eric Swalwell... The same Eric Swalwell that got busted sleeping with a Chinese spy puts this tweet out. Quote, Representative Byron Donalds admits on the readout, which is Joy Reid's MSNBC show, that Speaker McCarthy is kicking me, Adam Schiff, and Ilhan Omar off of our committees purely out of vengeance. That's why it had nothing to do with the honeypot. Well, Donald Trump Jr. responded on Twitter. No, he's kicking you off the Intelligence Committee because you slept with a Chinese spy, you dip blank. <laughs> there it is. The fact you can't comprehend that also explains why you should be nowhere near anything labeled as intelligence. Uh, you know, Dan Crenshaw came up short in a little bid to lead uh, to, to, to go back to um, the uh, Homeland Security Committee. He wanted the, he wanted a seat on that Homeland Security Committee, and that little terrorist comment. You recall that a couple of days ago during the midst of these uh, these vote, everybody was voting, voting. You know, that there was twenty guys that were voting, either present or not voting for Kevin McCarthy, and he called them terrorists, enemies of the people, too. I believe at some point, enemies of the people. Yeah, so uh, that that little committee assignment that he wanted did not uh, turn out to be anything. And Crenshaw's Denied. been doing a lot of CNN hits lately, man. And if you're a Republican. And the only safe space you have is CNN. That doesn't speak very highly of you. Kind of getting some strong 
Adam Kenzinger vibes out of Dan Crenshaw, the representative from Texas. And again, I tip my hat to the guy for what he has done for our country. He's a Navy SEAL, yeah. Lost his eye, served his country. Thank you for your service. But the politician, Dan Crenshaw, uh, is about as rhino as they come I mean, right now. Just think about what, look at what happened here. He makes those comments. And not only is he kicked out of the chairmanship or out of the running for House Homeland Security Committee, but it went to a member of the Freedom Caucus. And that was one of those backdoor deals where these Freedom Caucus guys weren't voting for Kevin McCarthy unless they gave up certain concessions. And what did I say last week, Friday? We'll see how things turn out once some of these committee members are seated. And you're going to see a lot of showmanship from Kevin McCarthy and the House Republicans, because on one hand, yes, they're going to do their job. They're going to vote against adding more IRS agents. They're going to vote against a lot of this ridiculous stuff. And they're going to have a parade yeah. and pound themselves in the chest. We're doing our jobs. But it's dead on arrival when they get to the Senate because the Republicans lost seats during the midterm election and the Democrats can do whatever they want in the Senate. So it's a little good cop, bad cop, good news, bad news when it comes to the House Republicans. I understand you have to do your job, but every single piece of legislation that goes through, there's like four or five tweets from Kevin McCarthy. And it's kind of getting to the point to where it looks a little desperate. Like, I know some of you guys don't like me, and maybe I am a swamp creature. Matt Gates called me the biggest alligator in the swamp. But look, <laughs> I'm doing good work now, right? Don't you love me? Love me right now. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show on 93 WIBC. All right, more with Casey Daniels. The side piece coming up a little bit after 5.30 and an update on the FAA and all the planes that were grounded this morning and uh, who was to blame. Is Pete Buttigieg in there? But right now, I want to know why the hell we're playing Christmas music. Um, so here's a little uh, situation that happened over the holidays, Nigel. Uh, okay, going back to the holidays. All right. A mom in the U.K., asked her young daughter what she was writing in a Christmas card to one of her teachers. She saw the daughter, you know, working on her Christmas card. She yeah. simply asked, what are you writing? So the little girl read it out loud. Rosie, what is that you're writing to a teacher? What does that say? Blame your thoughts on the children. <laughs> and why are you writing that to a teacher? Well, that's rude. <laughs> oh, mistake. <laughs> So wait a minute. The kid was writing a Christmas card to her teacher and said, you know, stop blaming all your farts on us. Correct. That was, I, I mean, stop blaming your farts <laughs> on the children. Wait, Rosie, what is that you're writing to a teacher? What does that say? Blame your farts on the children. <laughs> <laughs> hey, at least it's not CRT. <laughs> at least the teacher's not withholding uh, scholastic rewards from super smart kids. So it sounds like the teacher's not withholding anything, <laughs> according to this little girl. Rosie, what is that you're writing to a teacher? What does that say? Blame your thoughts on the children. And why are you writing that to a teacher? 
teacher. <laughs> I mean, technically, she's right. It is rude. She is. Now, let me ask you a question. This is something that yeah. uh, I think Rob Kendall and I have talked about before. Okay. Let's say that you, Big Nige, had access to a time machine, but the only time you could use it was to go back in time to relive some of your greatest farts. Would you use it? <laughs> no, I'm not using it for that. No. That's all that it'll do. You've got access to it, but the only thing you can do is go back in time to relive uh, some of your greatest farts. Nothing, n- nothing is coming to the top of my coming off the top of my head here immediately in that category. But this is the same studio that Mike Pence used to work in. <laughs> if we need a reminder, uh, do you have anything uh, that you have in mind, Hammer? Would you yes. like me to re- ask you that same question? I was playing basketball at a place called the Fox Club, <laughs> and I just let one that was so unbelievably bad. Like normally, I enjoy my own brand. This one made me choke, but I passed it off, and then I ran down the court, because sure. I didn't want to be around for it, and I basically crop-dusted the other nine people that were out there, and I turned back, and I saw people like coughing, and- There's people writhing on the ground. Their chest was hurting. <laughs> I wouldn't mind seeing that again. Holy crap. <laughs> oh, that is the most effed-up question I've ever been asked in my life, if you could get into a time machine to relive some of your greatest farts, would you? For that and that reason only. Oh. It's like a Christmas carol. You can't do anything, nobody can see you, but you can watch everything <laughs> taking place. The All right, so sticking with uh, little kids and the Children's Museum this time is uh, what we're talking about here. You've been to the, you probably haven't been for a long time. Your kids are older now, but that was the Children's Museum was a staple. It's one of the when best in the kid, country. It's 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 honestly it's amazing, and I, it's I, I'm bummed when my kids are older now. They're 11 and 8. They don't really haven't been for a long time. But you know, in the earlier years, every day, every other day, if they, especially during the summer when they, or my grandparents were watching, their grandparents were watching them. It was just you know, it's a mainstay, and it still is. I love that big water clock thing. They still have that in the middle. Is that still there? Uh, yeah. I mean, it's probably been a you know what almost ten things, years since I've been. Hell, I did the slide. I used to do the the giant slide there from the top of the stairs all the way down to the bottom. Um, and it was the first time my kids had any experience with Santa. They were scared crapless. So the Santa would bend over, bend over, bend down behind. <laughs> We're gonna put a tree that big, Santa. <laughs> bend over, and I'll show you. The Santa would, would would bend behind the couch, and we wouldn't know they were there, and he would just kind of sneak up, and they'd snap the picture. So you could still get a family it's picture. A family picture, but the kids don't know the Santa. So I thought this new rule that was instituted at the Children's Museum was kind of interesting because I have, I've ridden the, I've ridden the carousel there on the top floor before, a giant merry-go-round. Right? Yeah, the giant, giant, it's iconic. Um, now, the Children's Museum said it's placing an age limit on these rides. Starting at the end of this month, you got to be 17 or younger to actually ride the animals, the big, giant plastic animals going up and down on the poles. Right. Which you would think that would be a no... 
nonsense. Like, why would you have to make up a rule about that? Now, what if you're a parent that has a child that's pretty young and they you, might be scared? Okay, you could still stand next to them and hold them on the the carousel, or they're you know they've got the seat belt and you could sit in a bench that's okay. behind it. You can't just be a, a 250 pound adult male and hop on one of these things going up and down, up and down <laughs> with the carousel music playing. It obviously become an issue with the Children's Museum, so much so that they put it out in social media, and now it's the new rule. Hey, idiots, 17 seems a bit old for me. To be writing on one of these plastic things, right? You know, but it's—I mean, it's state of the art. I mean, it's—it's it's a giant carousel. But the thing it's, is, Nigel, is this policy is probably in place for a reason. Exactly. There's probably some point. 35-year-old dude that was creeping out all the kids, <laughs> riding the carousel, you know, by himself. Meanwhile, in the line, there's some six or seven-year-old that wasn't able to get on with a single tear coming down his face. There's probably a reason this is happening. <laughs> I heard you and Rob talking in the back office i think uh, i walked in late about uh, you know rob and his wife are with child they are expecting later this summer and i think you got on the subject of gender reveal right yes is, is rob uh, i made rob promise me he was not going to be one of those guys that does the stupid gender reveal video <laughs> where he everybody does. has to act like they're impressed then you invite a bunch of people over it's really just an excuse to get more gifts yes Sometimes people like fill up a balloon and they pop it. If, if, if you know, if the powder in the balloon is blue, then you're having a boy. If it's pink, a girl. Yeah, sometimes people cut open a cake with blue or pink inside of it. This guy in the Philippines is really one of the worst things I've ever seen. The, <laughs> the most horrible gender reveal in the existence of humanity, and nobody even died. Sometimes during these gender reveals, people die. Yeah, because there's like explosives involved. Right. And, and and so this guy, uh, nobody even died in this one, and this is the worst one ever. Dad in the Philippines going viral using a flushing toilet as a gender reveal. Here's a clip of the crowd counting down in the bathroom with the big flush. Five, four, three, two, one. And the water was blue. The water came. He put a bunch of blue dye in the tank. Apparently, (laughs) when he flushed the toilet, it came out blue, letting everybody know in the middle of this bathroom, they're all stuffed into the bathroom, (laughs) that yes, we'll indeed be having a baby boy, which makes this probably the all-time worst gender reveal that I could think of. All right, fine. I'll say it. I kind of liked it. (laughs) I thought it was kind of funny. If you're going to be one of these... These people, which, by the way, you're the worst. But if you're going to be one of these people, do it creatively. I'm here for that. (laughs) Because five, (laughs) they're all in the bathroom. He flushes the handle. I'm going to eat a whole bunch of White Castles tonight. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to drink some warm Budweiser, Uh-oh. and then I'm going to make Crystal count down <laughs> when I go to the bathroom tonight. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. 
the side piece with Casey Daniels from the Kindle and Casey Show. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer is here. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Casey, how are you? I'm good. How about you? I swear to God, I woke up this morning and I saw the FAA stuff and how every flight in the country was grounded and Pete Buttigieg's stupid Where's Waldo faces (laughs) all over. You know what it really made me want? It it, it it didn't make me want to really go anywhere via airplane this spring and summer. You know, and right. I know that's maybe a first world problem, but with all the things that have gone on, something similar happened with the FAA in Florida a couple of weeks ago. We had the Southwest incident. We had problems with travel all summer long, mm-hmm. all all fall long the, the year before. I don't know about you. It makes me want to either take a road trip or just do a staycation. You know what? I've been that way for a while now uh, because I don't enjoy flying very much. I've never really liked it a whole lot, but when everything's, like you mentioned, this past fall, and then with the holidays were a total yeah. mess, and mess. We, they seem like they finally got that settled down, and then this happens. You know what? I don't want to be beholden to any airline anymore. I'll just get in my car and drive there. And you know what? Make some fun of that. Make it a road trip. Do little stops on the way. Play car games. Whatever. It's just At least I know that I will get there because right. when you fly, it's almost like you're gambling with your time yeah, totally, off. Totally. You have totally. to you have to pad each day with, well, if my flight gets canceled, I'm not getting back to work in time. And how stupid do you feel calling your boss? Yeah, her flight was canceled. And then I, yeah, I heard some guy at the top of the hour that the Fox uh, News was playing. He's like, man, I've got three kids. I'm stuck in Chicago. Mm-hmm. I don't have no clue what to do. I would be helpless if that were me. I mean, to like totally just, are you supposed to just sit and people did it all the time over the holidays they slept at the airport on their luggage oh, it's so gross no so it makes me not want to travel anywhere have you ever via airline have you ever pulled together with a total stranger and rented a car instead you no. know what? You know what? My uh, hammer. You and I had this discussion. My wife did that when we were living down in Austin, Texas. Her flight got devoted uh, diverted to San Antonio, mm-hmm. and uh, you know San Antonio is about two hours away from Austin. And she um, actually, I had to go get him, and we gave this guy a ride. So something sort of similar mm-hmm. to that. He lived in Austin, but uh, yeah, you saw some stories of people doing that all over the country. Mm-hmm. I've done Just that. Total before. strangers. I've done that. Before. How many people? Four. It, it was like two couples. Okay. And, you know, you both go up to the ticket counter at the same time, and you're both looking at each other like, you're on that flight, too, huh? Okay, where are you guys heading? Oh, oh, you want to go to the Midwest? We're going to the Midwest. And then you just end up together and, and hope for the best that they're not totally crazy. So <laughs> whose fault is this? Again, I quote this from time to time. In the original Top Gun, mm-hmm. you hear the officer go, I want some butts! Mm-hmm. Like, whose fault is Is this Pete Buttigieg because he's in charge of transportation is in this he, country? Is he in charge? <laughs> well, the title says so. <laughs> I don't know what he's in charge of. When he you likes South trains. Bend, was he the mayor, Casey? Yeah, yes, Mayor Pete. So at any point during your time in South Bend with mm-hmm. Mayor Pete, did mm-hmm. you think, that's a man that should be in charge of the railroads, <laughs> the roads, the airlines, the yeah. supply chain, and everything and in between. He did this really cool thing with the roads in downtown South Bend that they were one-way streets, a lot of them. So he made them two-way. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah.
promote that man. I know, right? No, I never thought, oh, this is the guy that should be in charge of the rail system or the airlines. And listen, I don't know if this was his fault or not, but to put this in Colts terms here, right? Okay, Mm -hmm. Jeff Saturday never had experience as a head coach. He comes in as the head coach, things don't go really well. It'd be like putting Jeff Saturday as the commissioner of the NFL right Mm -hmm. now. Pete Buttigieg, you were a mayor in South Bend. Things didn't go real well. There was a housing crisis. The roads were awful. There was crime. Mm -hmm. Now you're in charge of transportation all throughout the country. It's too big for you. Well, that was just his concession to drop out of the race. I mean, that was a little side conversation. You know we had with the Biden administration. They were like, okay, tell you what, Pete. You drop out and we'll make you the transportation secretary. He just wanted to be part of that cabinet, didn't Mm -hmm. he? He had his wish. Absolutely. That's 100% right. But even any of us... None of us are qualified to be the transportation secretary, but if I was asked to do the job, I think my first couple conversations would be with the airline leaders, mm-hmm. the railroad executives. What's a problem? Mm-hmm. What's going to cause me problems? I'm not trying to look bad. Let's address this. Mm-hmm. It's been one disaster after another, and it's all happened under his watch. Yeah. Is it his fault, or is it just happening under his watch? I don't know. I think he's just waiting it out. He's got his eye on, one, the presidency or two, Debbie Stabenow's Senate seat because she announced she's retiring. And this is the moment where I like to remind all Hoosiers that Pete Buttigieg left you. He moved out of this state as quickly as he possibly could and moved up to Michigan. Does it concern you at all that that they ruled out a cyber attack pretty quickly? Like, I don't know what to believe in terms of, like, I I wouldn't rule anything out at this point in terms of what happened with the FAA. It's like, did somebody just trip over a cord? (laughs) The guy from Airplane just unplugs it? I mean, I, I don't know which is which is worse. Obviously, a cyber attack is awful and would be worse. But but to have, uh, you know, an antiquated software system, you know, take out an entire airline like it did Southwest mm-hmm. or the FAA in general is mm-hmm. also really, really, really bad. Well, even if, if it was a cyber attack, do you think they're going to come out and right. say, we've been attacked? Yes. No, I don't, I don't think they would. I wouldn't. I think they're going to tell you it's not a cyber attack one way or the other. Right. And we may never know. I'm sure, you know what? In two to four years, we're going to have an investigation. We're gonna we're gonna look into it. We're gonna see what happens. There'll there. be a fact finding committee. I'm right, sure. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Another task force. Casey Daniels with us. We're doing the side piece here on the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, so Joe Biden back mm-hmm. in September mm-hmm. was talking about Donald Trump getting busted with classified information, mm-hmm. and he had some. How strong could he be words. so irresponsible? That was it. He yeah. was finger wagging, and mm-hmm. the dentures were moving around. You knew he was serious. <laughs> Lo and behold, what he's doing the same stuff. Yeah. But there's a big difference here. He was the vice president. Trump was the president. Mm-hmm. Vice president. You can't do a damn thing when it comes to declassifying classified information. Yeah. Is it just me or is anybody else getting that tingling feeling because (laughs) some of the materials related to Ukraine? 
Hmm. Mm. Does he know anybody who's got business dealings with Ukraine right at the same time? Hmm. I wonder if anybody from Ukraine ever called him the big guy, because hmm. that name certainly rings a bell. Yeah. Well, you're talking about Hunter Biden. You're talking about his son. You're talking about him being on the board of Burisma. had no business. He had no, knew nothing about energy policy. And that's exactly what it is. Yes, I mean, that's, Nigel. I, I just, I mean, let's call, let's call it what, what it is. All right. Who's yeah. more qualified it's, 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 for the position? Hunter Biden on that gas? board in Burisma or <laughs> Mayor Pete in charge of transportation. <laughs> Who's more qualified? Ooh, that's a good one for March Madness for you guys. Well, and the An thing unqualified is, bracket. Right. And everybody's saying, well, Joe Biden told us right away. No, you didn't. You haven't been VP since 2017. So you didn't tell us. And they knew about this before the midterm elections. Right. Exactly. Another thing. And some of those documents I heard were reported that they pertain to Bo Biden's funeral. So I think these are some personal documents that were all locked up in a safe. I think there's a lot of well, Ukraine and Hunter stuff yeah, in there. I mean, that's I, just my gut feeling. My overall feeling, I said it yesterday, is I don't care whether, I don't really care about Donald Trump and documents that he had in his his master bedroom closet. I don't care about Biden's documents, really, but the precedents have been set by corporate media mm -hmm. and by Democrats that this is some national, this matter of national security. Nuclear codes mm -hmm. were mentioned, and so this is all by their doing. Well, I think this the big thing that it's highlighting is how willy-nilly we're going about with our classified documents. Apparently, they're not that important <laughs> after all. It's pretty damn easy to move classified information right. in this country, uh, apparently. You get a document, and you get a document. I mean, it's like, you know, what are we doing with these classified documents? Just walking them out with us. What are you working on with the side piece? Oh, you know what? Uh, Matt Gates said that he wanted to have C-SPAN on the House of the Floor at all times because wasn't that fun to watch? That <laughs> was kind of funny I to thought, watch him I'm and Kevin serious. McCarthy in each other's face. And yeah. that, other, that other big guy tried to rush, bum rush him. I thought that was funny. Yeah, I thought that was uh, really interesting, uh, shining a light on some transparency. But yeah, he uh, wants that to be a permanent thing. And and through my research, I found out that the archives of C-SPAN are located where? Where? Hunter Biden's laptop. <laughs> I was just thinking no. Of <laughs> Indiana. Oh, no kidding. Yeah, they're down there at Purdue. So I'm going to be writing about that. And the side piece can be found at WIBC.com. And the Kendall and Casey show is every Monday through Friday, 9 to noon, right here at 93 WIBC. Casey, thank you. Thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. It's the Hammer and Nigel show. Uh, so, what? How are you feeling about the IU game tonight? They play Penn State on the road. Um, Man, IU is not playing defense at all right now. Like, did you hear the coach the other night after the game? Yeah, man, we got some injuries and we can't guard anybody. Shoot. But he didn't say <laughs> shoot. shoot. Okay. I'm betting the over tonight. I'm in on the over. I think it's like 141 and a half last oh, time okay. I checked. All right. I don't think anybody's going to play any defense tonight. I don't have faith in Indiana to win, but I don't want to bet against them. So I'm riding the lightning. I'm going with the over tonight. So IU seems to me like a team that was, you know, started off like a lot of IU uh, basketball seasons did. Like everybody was hyped up, new coach, players are exciting to watch, and something's happened in the past couple of weeks. They can't guard anybody. <laughs> oh, like you've got it? an all-American player giving you his heart and soul, and Trace Jackson Davis, a freshman kid, uh, Hood Shafino, that can score 
But, man, they can't guard anybody. And that's a problem when you play in the Big Ten. Okay, and so if they don't make any sort of tournament, if they don't, uh, you know, the March Madness, whatever, uh, is uh, Woodson's coaching career at stake at IU? Man. Is, is the job at stake? Is he on the hot seat? He should be if they don't make the tournament with everybody coming back at a first-team All-American. Good Lord. But they're paying an awful lot of dead money, I think, in that IU athletic program. So Don't get me wrong. I love Woodson. I love his attitude, especially after a loss. He's just, he's done, he's fed up. He's like, I mean, he drops the BS word like it's nothing, <laughs> which is funny to me for some reason. Now, can we get that same gung who attitude in practice for these guys? Because it looks like they need to work on some, uh, some defensive drills. What'd you say? Gung ho attitude? Favorite movie ever in the 80s? Oh, it's up there. Ron Howard. Michael, Michael Keaton. Keaton, Ron Howard is the director. If you're going it, Michael Keaton movies, are you going Mr. Mom? Are you going gung ho? Oh. Or are you going Batman? Oh, don't do that. Man, I'm going Mr. Mom. I grew up with that when I was a little kid. I watched it the other night, or at least I fell asleep to it, had it on in the background. Batman's a great movie, don't get me wrong. Um, but I'd rather... Batman's number three on that list. I'm with you. I'm with you. I, mean, I, I think Jack Nicholson's wrong. the real star yeah, of Batman. Of course. And and I, that the original... the. the is not a bad movie at all. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I have such love for Mr. Mom, a sweet, innocent family movie <laughs> with Terry Gar, and the guy loses his job. It's just funny. And, then and Martin Mull is such oh, a slime yeah. ball right, in that. Right, 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 right. Terry Gar's boss. And then Gung Ho's a great inspirational, almost kind of comedy, an early Ron Howard film that everybody liked. Don't we have a Norm from Cheers in that? George Went? Yeah. <laughs> yes. And you remember... Gung Ho, he played the same kind of um, company executive. He worked for a giant car corporation. He worked for, like, uh, I think in Mr. Mommy, worked for GM, lost his gig there, and the same with Gung Ho. He worked for um, a car manufacturer. Michael Keaton is one of those actors where when you ask somebody, uh, yeah. who's your favorite actor, he's probably not going to be on anybody's like first mention, but I bet everybody likes at least one movie with Michael Keaton in it.